also the way we rate orgasms and there's a bit of a hierarchy for some reason because there's lots of different orgasms you can have, uh, which is also something people don't always talk about. People kind of think that there's, you know, it's one orgasm that you have and it's from penetrative sex, you know, very media, movie, you know, you're up against a shower wall, which also sound, is never great in real life uh, in comparison to movies. Um and sort of like that's this, okay, you've had great sex because you've had an orgasm with a penis inside you. Tick. And that's just not the case of what good sex actually is. And I'm on the roll. And welcome to this week's episode of The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and in today's episode, I speak with sexologist Lauren French about orgasms, how to have one, some of the common misconceptions surrounding them, and how you can increase your pleasure during sex in general. If you enjoy today's episode, please remember to subscribe or click follow, leave a review and share it with your friends. Also, if you haven't already, come check us out on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the Wow Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute joy and pleasure. Before we start, I wanted to do an acknowledgement of country. Um, I'm aware you are a proud First Nations woman, so I thought it was only fitting that we could do an acknowledgement of country today. So I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land in which we gather and meet today and pay our respects to the elders past and present. I extend that respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here today. So the first question I would like to begin with is if you would share a little bit about yourself, please. Of course. Yeah, so as you said, I'm a very proud uh, First Nations woman. I'm a uh, Karajara and Larrakia woman from Larrakia lands, which is up in Darwin in the Northern Territory. And I'm currently calling in on Wurundjeri country, which is where I, a beautiful country that I live on now, which is in Melbourne. Um, I am a clinical sexologist, um, and that's obviously why I'm here today, to have some really fun chats about orgasming. Uh, and obviously that's a little bit of a funny field to work in as most people kind of hear that and get very confused and want to know a hundred different things about how I got into that space. Um, So the sort of short answer is I studied psychology. I did a master's of sexology. I was just that person that was really interested in sex and human sexuality. It fascinated me. I thought it was so interesting and I never really understood why people didn't want to talk about it. And so I just always wanted to learn more about it. It interests me. I was never someone who felt really shameful or um, uh, or even just like uh, difficulty talking about sex. It was always a really open topic for me and something mm-hmm. I enjoyed talking about. So I thought, you know, when I even discovered that sexology was even a thing, that I could be a therapist that specialises in sexual disorders and, uh, you know, helping individuals and couples and all those sort of people, I was like, yes, please, I will take all of that. And so I'm very lucky to work in private practice in Melbourne at the Australian Institute of Sexology and Sexual Medicine. Um, But I also do sexuality education through a non-profit called Body Safety Australia, 
uh, where we do abuse prevention teaching as well as sexuality education. So I get to go into schools and actually teach the really fun sex ed that I used to get really excited to do myself in school. It makes me so happy to hear that that's happening. I know when we first had a chat, I was just so thrilled to know that there's people like you out there in the schools educating the young women and young men of today about sex because I felt like personally that was something that I really missed in my education. So it's so nice to know that that is happening, although it might not be across all schools. At least some people are um, having that type of education. I'm sure many of our listeners today can relate to the fact that when it comes to females and sex, it's a very unknown area and one of which hasn't been spoken about openly because there are so many taboos around it. And more specifically, orgasms. I mean, when it comes to sex already, there is so much shame around women, which is stupid society stereotypes around women mm-hmm. talking about sex and talking about orgasming and it being this dirty thing. But it is so natural and normal and something that we should feel more educated about, which is why I feel so happy that you are here to educate us today, Lauren, and fill us in because you are just the expert of everything when it comes to this realm of orgasming um so to start off I want to know why are orgasms sold to women as the be all and end all of sex oh it's such a good question it's such a like uh like historical ploy this idea of like oh well if we convince women that if they can't orgasm something's wrong or that like that's the pinnacle of good sex it is it's you know it's almost a way of sexual control in this kind of strangeness also the way we rate orgasms and there's a bit of a hierarchy for some reason because there's lots of different orgasms you can have, uh, which is also something people don't always talk about. People kind of think that there's, you know, it's one orgasm that you have and it's from penetrative sex, you know, very media, movie, you know, you're up against a shower wall, which also sound, is never great in real life uh, in comparison to movies. Um And sort of like that's this, okay, you've had great sex because you've had an orgasm with a penis inside you. Tick. Mm. And that's just not the actual case. One, it's not the case of what good sex actually is. Um, It's no indication. I'm not against orgasms in any way sense of the world. Love a good orgasm, as I'm sure a lot of people do. But it's almost this way of comparing it to male bodies. I like to sort of think of in that way. So for a male body uh, with a penis, uh, for a lot of people, successful sex means erection, ejaculation, orgasm. And so, like, that's kind of the the procedure for that body, even though I don't think that's necessarily the be all or end all of sex for that body either. But because that's kind of the media, what shows us, stereotypes, what's discussed. Oh, okay. Yep. He got it up. He came. Great. It's the same conversation gets put on women. Okay. So you were wet enough. You had an orgasm. Great. Done. And there's just so many more layers to that. So I think, uh, you know, in, if I look at sexology, you know, there's been a lot of study. um, I say a lot, a small amount because it is a small field but even like uh, some study that like Freud did in psychology it was it was all about the fact that if it wasn't a penetrative like penis and vagina orgasm it didn't count and it kind of almost to lessen women's pleasure which is insane we can have nipple orgasms anal orgasms you know clitoral orgasms penetrative orgasms like don't tell me how I can and cannot have pleasure because you know the end has no limit kind of thing and it also completely uh, leaves out a large a large portion of people who may not choose to partake in sexual activities through i guess you know heterosexual 
normative ways being with a uh, female and male you know we have the whole lgbt um qi plus community which ha- engage in sexual experiences in a very different way to um i guess a male and female and i think that kind of definition it's so old school but unfortunately it's just something that is driven home in the media and i think is really confusing for young women to realize that mm. you know women don't orgasm the way that men do and mm. our you know vagina is made up so differently yeah. <laughs> to the male penis I was about to say look if we're gonna get if we're gonna get detailed in anatomy so many differences I also want to just like preface this fact that you know studies like many studies have shown different ranges of numbers but around 12 percent of women uh, are unable to reach orgasm and so I want to preface that there are some people in the world that that's just a thing that it's been found that isn't something you can achieve however that doesn't mean we just hate sex and it's all awful and there's no pleasure we can still have so much pleasure without an orgasm but again I think it also really feeds into the way we talk about sex and in the media and it's like oh well did you have sex and that sentence means was there a penis in your vagina and 100% as you said you know with um you know non-heteronormative sex you know that means so many different things and so you know when we go into schools and we teach or when I talk to young people this idea of what does sex even mean because you know that that completely depends on you as a person and you know this idea of oh well it's only sex if you've done this this or this is just ridiculous it's interesting as well because this stereotype plays or this message that society has really drowned into us really plays on male pleasure and not the female's pleasure and if we taught if we taught people that sex isn't an act of having a penis and a vagina but instead it's it's the act of pleasure and if both people engaging in the activity are both receiving pleasure then that is sex imagine how much that would change the way society looks at things and potentially change hopefully the different ways that men want to engage or women want to engage in sexual activity it would be such a more positive experience for all oh 100 percent. i mean that's what i mean majority of my job is doing is teaching this thing that it's about pleasure and pleasure is not just an orgasm an orgasm is such a tiny portion of pleasure as a whole and I think yeah to like box us into oh well that's the only definition of successful sex just is just does us a disservice and it also means you know like I can have an I can have an amazing sexually uh you know pleasurable experience that doesn't involve an orgasm and I can have a pretty average one that does and so, you know, like the orgasm is not the uh, way that you grade it as well. And I think because we go out there into our sexual lives with this goal, it's like, okay, we're going to have sex to have an orgasm and that's the goal. One, if we don't reach it, there's this sense of failure, even though we've just kind of society has placed this goal on us. And also a lot of people I see in private practice and a lot of you know, young people, particularly young women I talk to, have a lot of this sort of anxiety and sort of mental blockers around orgasm because there's so much pressure. They put so much pressure on themselves to have an orgasm. Their partner is pressuring them. Like, you know, I often hear the fact that their partner's like, but I want to give you an orgasm. I need to be able to give you an orgasm. And it's, and then all of a sudden, like, that's not fun or sexy. If you're, if you're having sex and all you're thinking about is, okay, I've got to, I've got to have an orgasm now. Okay. It hasn't happened now. Okay. I've got to have it now. Like, that's not fun. Agreed. I was really shocked to hear that stat before that 12% of women don't orgasm because, I mean, let's be realistic, that is a massive, massive number of of women that, um, you know, aren't able to orgasm. How do you know if you're one of those or not? Is there a sign? <laughs> 
Yeah, look, it's a tricky thing. Yeah, it's, 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 I wish there was like a quick little test of it. And I must admit, look, I, with any of this research, there's not enough of it, in my opinion, for anything to be conclusive. Like, and I, I do think we need to be realistic of the fact that, yes, I do believe there is a portion where a orgasm in the way we think of it, even if it's a penetrative orgasm or something, isn't uh, attainable. However, I think if we're having lots of issues reaching orgasm, you know, I often hear like people that have never had one before or they can't have it with a partner and these sort of things. And to me, that means, okay, other stuff's going on. We probably can have an orgasm, but we might have those anxieties, those pressures. It's the environment. It's our, you know, view of ourselves as a sexual person, our body. You know, there's so many, our mind is so complex and there's so many little things that can be actually putting in a wall that stops you having an orgasm so I think look I wouldn't say you're one of those people unless you do some really in-depth work maybe come and see me or someone like me and go through the steps to really work out is it something that's blocking it or is it maybe you know a physical thing but again if we're if we're not being able to have an orgasm physically if we're still able to have really great pleasure then I think that's the difference as well if we can't have an orgasm but we're not having pleasure and it's all just a bit crap okay, well, then that's a completely other different thing as well. Mm, mm, absolutely. So what are the most common reasons that people come to you or that you see in um, people of the reasons why they can't orgasm? Mm. So one, the first one is that they can orgasm on their own, but they can't orgasm with a partner. And this is, and that's, that's a very complex issue in and of itself um, because what there's many things that can be happening. One is that, you know, we train ourselves through masturbation to experience pleasure a certain way. And what I often find is particularly if we've started masturbating, you know, in our early teen years. And so, you know, we've, every vulva is different also. We're like beautiful snowflakes. And so the idea that your partner that you meet on a one night after some drinks at a club is going to be able to perfectly know your snowflake is pretty, pretty unlikely. So the more you know your body, the more you can help. But what we tend to do is always masturbate in the same position, the same way, with the same toys or the same technique. And But then when we have sex, we don't do any of those things. So I'll have people that will come to me and be like, oh, yeah, I always masturbate on my back with my legs like this and I always do this with my fingers every single time. And I'm like, cool, do you do that with your partner? And they're like, oh, well, no. And I'm like, huh, well, maybe we've, you know, you found the way that you orgasm. And I, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's impossible to change and to adapt and to orgasm in new ways. But I think if you're trying and you know a way that works, but you haven't actually tried it with a partner, like that's a first issue or at least a first step. Um, so that's probably a big one, the inability to orgasm with a partner. The other one is that they've never had an orgasm. And so they're not actually sure what that feels like, how to do that. And, yeah, they don't know if they fall into that potential 12% or if there's some other stuff happening with orgasm. With that, that's, again, so many different things could be affecting it. A lot that I see is about um, body image and negative self-talk and this kind of really uh, sexual shame that people have really um, inbuilt in themselves either from you know growing up in a family that's really sex negative or even going to a school where the sex education is really awful and abstinence based and just like shameful or you know potentially really bad past sexual experiences you know all these things can put in blockers that mean that we kind of you know don't let ourselves fully relax and give in to pleasure orgasm is a vulnerable moment you really need to 
completely give in to your body and just like feel your sensations, relax your mind. And particularly for women, if we're very stuck up in our brain during sex, it's very, very difficult to have an orgasm. Because if like, if we're up, if we're up here in our head, you know, we're not connected to our body, we're not connected to what we're feeling. So how can we possibly give into sensation when we're like doing a grocery list or thinking about work? Yeah. That also isn't a sexy thought that helps us have an orgasm. <laughs> I could imagine, but I guess like sometimes when you're living a busy life, uh, <laughs> more things on your mind than what's happening in that moment. Yeah. and I, But I also see, you know, particularly particularly for us as women, you know, there's still so much societal pressure to keep a home, have a family, have a career and like do everything. And the mental load, which I'm sure um, you know about, is so huge uh, for women to keep. And what I find is that women don't often give themselves permission to have pleasure. And so to masturbate or to have sex and to really give in to pleasure almost seems selfish in the moment. And so that's why women are going through grocery lists or doing stuff is because they're it's almost like we're we're trying to still be productive while we it's like multitasking but orgasming is not a multitasking kind of moment unless we're talking like hands and sex toys <laughs> yeah no I completely agree I think it's really interesting just like the there's only a certain amount of time in the day and if you're gonna fit it all in if you're gonna make your partner happy if you're gonna have the normal like well what society tells you is a normal relationship where you have sex like you know once or twice a week and then you've got to do the groceries go to work do this that and the rest I I could imagine that yeah. it is really hard to get out of your head and and like you said let your barrier down and really give into the pleasure what are your tips to helping do that hmm. my top tip and what I get a lot of my clients to do is and it sounds really basic but mindfulness and I'm not talking about like in-depth meditation or finding enlightenment that's cool and if that's your jam, go for it. But for me in this work, it's about doing like small daily little, like even 10 minute mindfulness sessions where you just try to quiet your thoughts. And I always get people to focus on their breath and their body. Where's your tension? What's your breath doing? And how can I focus into how my body's feeling? Because the longer we do that, the easier it is. You know, there's, there's lots of other steps, but this is like my foundation base that I get people to do. Uh, is to help quiet those thoughts so that when you're having sex and that pop you that thought pops into your brain like you're out of milk you can just like quiet that thought and you can just go no I don't need that now I'm focusing on the amazingness of a tongue on my clitoris and that's great but if we don't have that base of mindfulness then all those thoughts can become really hard to kind of put to the back and to quiet and we can't always focus on what we're actually feeling you know so how often do you actually sit and uh, notice how your vulva feels or like the sensation of your legs on your chair or like how your own hands feel against your legs or your thighs or your stomach or whatever. Like we don't often allow ourselves moments to just feel. And so I think actually like setting up a really consistent practice where you just take a little you time, also great self-care to just like have a little moment that's just you in a quiet spot. Um can really help that so that we can help kind of quiet those thoughts. We get out of our head into our bodies. Mm, mm, absolutely. I have some listener questions for you today, Lauren. Amazing. The first one is from Rachel. Rachel would like to know, my partner can't last long enough for me to finish and she's wanting some tips from you. I mean, my first, my go-to is have an orgasm first. 
Like, why do we need to have an orgasm during penetrative sex? Can we not do some amazing foreplay, maybe some oral sex, maybe some uh, finger stimulation or, you know, chuck in a toy or something and have an orgasm before we then get to penetrative sex? Or, also wild idea, have an orgasm after penetrative sex, which, again, seems sometimes crazy to people, but the (laughs) idea that, you know, when a male partner has an orgasm and, like, you know, has ejaculation, that doesn't mean sex is just ended. Like that's not the, okay, cool, roll credits, roll over, go to sleep. Yeah, they've had an orgasm, amazing. We probably can't have penetrative sex anymore because, you know, the erection isn't there. That doesn't mean we can't still have an orgasm. So I think, one, let's change perspective. Let's, like, if your partner isn't, you know, because, and I will say, for women it can take up to 20 minutes, you know, and 20 minutes at a minimum really of stimulation in sex to have an orgasm and so if we're not having penetrative sex consistently for 20 minutes which probably we aren't because that's not the average then realistically we want to be maybe even getting ourselves really close to orgasm in foreplay so then we're kind of like way ahead when we get to penetrative sex or just you know enjoying an orgasm afterwards or okay or crazy idea both one before one after sounds like a fun night to me (laughs) Doesn't sound too bad, does it? Um, The next one is from Zoe and Zoe wants to know, um, she's never orgasmed before and she doesn't know what it should feel like. Um, And her question is, how will she know if she has orgasmed? It's such a funny one because, yeah, it's, it's talked about as such this like secret society. Like if you haven't had an orgasm, no one explains what an orgasm feels like or what that is. They're just like, oh, well, it's an orgasm. And, you know, I don't know, even know if everyone would explain their orgasm in the same way either. You know, for me, I would definitely say it's very much that kind of pleasure mountain. Sounds a bit weird. But, like, you know, you're having lots of pleasure, lots of sensation. It feels very overwhelming. And you get to a mountain top and then you fall off. And that falling off sensation is the orgasm. It's very overwhelming. We can have sort of whole body shivers. Um, you know, if we get into the mechanics of it, we'll have like vaginal tensing um, and, you know, probably more uh, wetness in the vulva and all those sort of things. But it's basically just like an overwhelming sensation of pleasure for a semi-short period of time would be the orgasm. My go-to is if we've never had one, uh, my first question is I hope you have masturbated before because I have also had people come to me where they have never masturbated before and they've and a partner has never given them an orgasm. So my first thing is go masturbate, go explore yourself, go discover the amazingness that is your own body and work out what you do like, what you enjoy, what sensations. Um, I would say uh, for a lot of women, getting a sex toy would actually be a great way just to experience some new sensations in their body and can potentially help uh, reach an orgasm when they've never had one before. I particularly uh, recommend and love a good uh, pleasure air technology toy um I won't use uh, any brand names right now um but you're actually um a brand would be great because I feel like sometimes if if someone has an orgasm before and they feel like this is such a new world for them knowing where to start is the most confusing part so if you have a brand or two that you would recommend that is always helpful yeah sure and look I would say uh, because it always comes up with when I talk about sex toys is, you know, price. And obviously mm. I'll, I'll do a couple options and a, a cheaper option and a slightly more expensive option. I must admit I'm a very big believer if you get what you pay for and if you're going to go out and buy a first sex toy and you want it to give you this revolutionary orgasm, we're probably going to need to spend more than like $10. 
just as a you know overview uh, there are some great ones uh like online like love honey which is the australian um online store i know they do like a 70 dollar air technology one which basically it's like uh, instead of vibrating directly onto a clitoris it uses air to like almost stimulate what oral sex would feel like but a little bit different and so it pulses air around the clitoris which also means we don't get lots of oversensitization happening of the clitoris as well which we can get from a standard vibrator so I know Love Honey has their own brand one which is uh, like a slightly cheaper one about 70 ish dollars uh the Womanizer is a really popular really great brand I must admit uh, it is uh, more expensive I think they range from like 120 all the way up to like 300 dollars depending on the one you get um but yeah, that sort of that air technology and either of those two are really good uh, for that. So if, you, if you're deciding, hey, I just want to get, you know, have full body sensation and all these sort of stuff, then I might try one of these toys. But I would say that we want to get into a, you know, aroused mental state as well. So we might want to be, you know, fantasizing, doing something that turns us on, you know, if we're completely, you know, not turned on at all and we use this toy, it's still probably not going to be amazing. Yeah, fair enough. So what are your tips to getting you in that mindset, that that mood and getting out of the daily nine to five grind and thinking about what the hell you're going to cook for dinner and what you need to pick up from the shops? How do you clear that out and just like get yourself in the mood? Hmm. I think different for everyone, but I will admit so many people like put in effort to seduce a partner and we put in no effort to seduce ourselves. Masturbation Mm. is like a quick thing you do for a quick orgasm or just like, you know, to put yourself to sleep or whatever it is. I've heard of so many um, like when people are like bored, so they just masturbate and it's just like this really thing you do mindlessly. Um, So my tip is to actually seduce yourself a little, like have a shower and like, you know, get yourself really clean, really relaxed. Maybe, you know, if you're a person who likes body lotion or moisturizer, do a little bit of that. Um, explore your whole body as well. So often when we masturbate, we go straight to the genitals, straight to the clitoris. Um, so actually have touch your whole body, you know, explore yourself. Um, I often would say if we want to experiment with uh, like erotic medias, I think that's really amazing. Uh, for a lot of women, porn like isn't what's going to do an amazing job for us, uh, specifically because also just like um, erotically uh, we're not always visually wired. So actually just watching porn isn't always going to stimulate us in that way. Um, mm-hmm. There are some really great feminist and um, uh, female-centred pornography out there. Uh, so if porn is your thing, definitely try some of those. But I would say explore some other options, you know, like read erotica. It's a great way to fantasise and sort of, uh, you know, get yourself turned on and uh, think of new things uh, as well as audio porn. You know, there are some great sites. There's a great app uh, called Dipsy. There's another uh, uh, website I think called TriQuin, which is basically like a Spotify of audio porn. Um, And that's a nice way to maybe, you know, yeah, to to kind of uh, listen to something that can turn you on, read something, or even just spend some time fantasizing first, you know, like before we start touching ourselves, you know, like, get some time to kind of, yeah, get a bit turned on and don't be rushed. Give yourself time. Good tip. Um, You were talking before that there's actually more than one orgasm and that there's different Mm -hmm. types. Could you speak about that a little bit more and go through, yeah, all the different types of orgasms? I did. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, I don't know if I even could. It's one of those things like for some people, you know, some people have told me that they've been able to, you know, orgasm by doing nothing but lying on their stomach and like tensing. 
and that can give them an orgasm. And, you know, some people have very sensitive nipples and if they have like a really dedicated nipple play, then that alone will give them an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, I think the most common in the like creme de la creme, some would say, or like the height of female orgasm is the clitoral orgasm, which is funny because we always kind of put penetrative orgasm up on a pedestal. Actually, the clitoral orgasm is where it's at. Now, the penetrative orgasm, and people always talk about like the G-spot and all this sort of stuff. Um, You know, your clitoris is a really big organ and the part on the outside that you can feel is only the very tiny tip of it. And so if you look up a clitoris, like I have one, you can't see because this is a podcast, but I have one with me and like it is large and the kind of outer edges wrap around the vagina. And so like what can be happening during penetrative sex is we're actually just getting like internal clitoral stimulation. And so like people, so, you know, there's a whole other world there for that. Um, You know, if we're doing anal play and we're able to get to a point where, um, you know, we're really turned on, we're really well lubricated and we're going at a pace that we enjoy, you know, we don't want to be, you know, anal play is a whole other, you know, area and there's many, you know, it's not something that we just try one day and have no preparation for. (laughs) Uh, But there can be people that can really have amazing just anal orgasms, not touching clitoral or penetrativeness at all. So I think look, I'm I'm not going to say everyone has potential for an anal orgasm, but I think everyone could try and see. And, you know, same with, you know, nipples, same with, you know, clitoris, same with penetrative. I just think leave yourself open to what could happen and, you know, and to pleasure and to trying new things. And, you know, it's like with food. If we, if you ate the same thing for, you know, the rest of your life, it would come a little bit boring. So why don't we try, you know, different forms of pleasure And I think, you know, like I know people with like, you know, fetishes and things, you know, we can have orgasms from just like a good foot massage and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I just think the body's an incredible thing. Let's not pretend that there's only one way to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And can you recommend three reasons why it's important that we don't focus our sexual interactions around orgasms? Mm -hmm. Uh, Three reasons. Cool. I'm trying to think of like succinct, like little dot points. Um, First, orgasm is goal and sex as a whole should not be this isn't this isn't sport we're not trying to get as many goals as possible this is an amazing pleasurable experience you know like uh and it's not something that ends at an orgasm either so I think when you put in the orgasm as a goal you're just boxing yourself into having like one experience of pleasure and like you know you're everyone is an amazing human who can have multiple amounts of pleasure um reason two it puts pressure on you and your partner to achieve an outcome that is kind of just in your head like this idea that oh well if I have this orgasm then that's going to be incredible and that's going to make me great at sex and that's going to make this amazing and you know we don't need that pressure in the bedroom that pressure is actually probably going to mean we can't have an orgasm so actually it's a very sort of like you pressure yourself to orgasm and you're never going to orgasm Um, And thirdly, I would probably say is just that, you know, there is, to me, it's just, you know, sexual relationships, you know, intimacy, all those moments. There's so many reasons we have sex. Orgasm is just one of them. And I think when we look at sex as just a, it's a one tick box kind of activity, um, we really put detriment to all the other aspects such as connection, intimacy, love, um, fun tension release uh you know sensation all these other reasons we might have to engage in sex to engage in pleasurable activity that might lead to an orgasm so Mm -hmm. I think you know that's widen our brains 
Mm, absolutely. And do you have a motto or quote when it comes to pleasure and sex? Um, I don't know if I have a quote. I think there's a great one and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Esther Perel has one where it's like, you know, uh, foreplay begins after your last orgasm. And this idea that, you know, like uh, sexual play and, you know, foreplay and getting ourselves aroused and turn on is something that, you know, starts immediately after your orgasm until your next one and, like, it goes in that big cycle. So, you know, to me sex is out of the bedroom, you know, the sexual element, sorry, out of the bedroom as much as in. And I think we can turn our partners on, we can show intimacy, love, you know, we can have all those moments outside of the bedroom that lead us to amazing experiences in the bedroom or the shower or the couch or wherever else we're having them. Um, and then I think just something that I often want to reiterate to people and something we haven't talked about um, as much today but that I find really important with sex is that sex should never be painful. And I know this is there's a lot of women that listen to this and I want that to be very, very clear because I see uh, so many women who have had painful sex for eight-plus years of their life because there's this awful kind of idea in society that's you know when you have sex penetrative sex for the first time that's going to hurt and that's normal and then we just go through our lives thinking that you know we're a person that doesn't get to experience pleasure and that's just not okay to me so that's my biggest thing sex should not be painful ever full stop Mm. Mm. And if it is, it is highly recommended that you go seek out professional help from someone like Lauren, because um, sometimes there can be a lot of reasons behind, yeah, why that's happening. So it's important to seek help for that. Um, well, I could just keep on chatting for you to you for ages, Lauren, but we're coming <laughs> to the end of the podcast. And so if you could let us know where we can follow you and a little bit about your work and how we could maybe come and see you, that would be fantastic. Yeah, of course. So I do sort of general content and um, stuff. So you can follow me on Instagram at Lauren French Sexologist. Um, And I'm obviously practicing at the Australian Institute of Sexology and Sexual Medicine. So if you want to uh, book in with me and see me, I'm more than happy to see anyone. Um, I see couples, I see individuals from anything from, you know, not being able to orgasm to just feeling not confident with sex or, you know, um, you know, our, you know, sexual self-esteem, that kind of stuff. Uh, all the way up to sexual pain um, or, you know, sexual uh, dysfunctions or basically if it's about sex that you're not feeling super great with or you want to talk to someone about or you even just want to, you know, have a session where we can just, you know, chat about your past or your future, 100% happy to see you. So feel free to uh, reach out to me through the uh, Institute, um, through their website. You can do that easily or you can um, reach out and I connect you uh, through Instagram. I don't do sessions on Instagram, um, but I can uh, connect you through that if that's an easier option for people. I will be popping all the links to follow Lauren on Instagram and to check out where she works if you are looking to book an appointment with her in the show notes below. But otherwise, thank you so much, Lauren, for being so generous with your time and to coming and educating us all on such an important topic. Um, I just really appreciate it and I would love to have you back on again to chat about maybe sex and pain one day. So thank you. Oh, 100%. No, thank you so much for having me and thanks everyone for listening and I hope everyone goes off over the next couple of days and has amazing pleasure. Go explore your body, go explore <laughs> yourself and if you have an orgasm, amazing job. But, again, not our, not our goal. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Wow. If you enjoyed it, then I recommend scrolling back through and checking out some of our other episodes, such as Sex and Pleasure with sexologist Cassandra Marikis. 
I release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe and tune in next week. Otherwise, you can come follow me on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore for more updates. Lastly, just a friendly reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a professional first. And I'm on a roll.